Welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com. I am John Schmelk. The man to my left is Jeff Fiegels. The phone number is 201-939-4513. It's all brought to you by Coors Light. Enter in the ultimate VIP game day experience courtesy of Coors Light. Text VIP to 90464 for more details. What are you doing over there? Trying to figure out how you're going to get better. You sound sick today, John Schmelk. I have a little bit of a cold. Darn you. Well, when you're around a toddler all the time, it tends to happen. Yes. Yeah, but you're like um, messing with the mic. What are you doing? I'm trying here? to get me some, some sound here. There we go. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> so people can hear me. Well, I'm not, not sure. They if that's may a not want to hear me, but they're going to. Anyway, the Giants taking on the Redskins, trying for their second two game winning streak, if you want to use the S word, which I would hesitate to do, but two games in a row right. this week against the Redskins, if they can pull out the win. And Jeff, much like last week, uh, I don't want to spend too much time breaking down the, the, the nitty gritty details here, but. This is a very winnable game. The Redskins are not a very good football team. They're a team that has struggled this year offensively. They're ranked near the bottom of a lot of categories offensively. Lots. Now, the good news for them is that Dwayne Haskins is coming off the best game of his young career. Yeah. Uh, he played a good game against Philadelphia last week. But if you pressure, and this is what I've seen from Haskins, I'd like to get your take too. If you give him time to sit back there, survey the field, and make the throw, he's accurate. He'll put it where it needs to go. He's got a good arm. Exactly. The minute he feels a little bit of pressure, it gets bad real fast. Yeah. And, you know, he, his, he has, he has a, a good acumen for the game. He really does. So he's a smart guy. Um, and when we saw the Giants saw him play and we saw him play last time, he came in kind of in, you know, behind Case Keenum. So he wasn't really <laughs> game planning much at all. So now he's got a little bit of rhythm and – He's a guy that can be dangerous, and he's very accurate. That's the thing about him is he will throw the ball accurately into areas where um, you're not going to have a chance to intercept it. But, you know, he's still a young quarterback, so this Giants defense can get after him with a little bit of pressure um, because one thing that the Redskins are, and they are beat up. They, they're, there's injuries everywhere from that team. Yeah. In Giants' perspective, they're pretty healthy right now. Yeah, we'll go through the injury report. I guess we haven't gotten the official word on the Redskins injury report today. I was hoping to, to wait till I got that before we went through it, but we can go through it now. Um, the Giants, Daniel Jones is up. Kevin Zeitler looks like he's going to be up, which is surprising given how serious that ankle injury looked uh, just yesterday. No Rhett Ellison in this game, but everyone else is pretty much yeah. Uh, ready to go, which is a good thing. The Redskins, I'll try to get that to you before the yeah. uh, show's they over. Put it but out late, right? yeah. They kind of have their entire defensive backfield, more or less, has been missing practice this week. Uh, Jimmy Moreland got put on IR this week. Landon Collins has missed two days of practice. Quinton Dunbar has missed two days of practice. Fabian Moreau has missed two days of practice. They put Ryan Kerrigan on IR earlier this week. Thank you. Uh, they put Brandon <laughs> Sheriff on IR earlier this week. So yeah. they're a mess in terms of injuries. And, you know, you talk about putting pressure on, on Dwayne Haskins. And, you know, I'll give you a number that I pulled for him. When Haskins is pressured this year, Jeff, he's been pressured on 82 dropbacks, according to Pro Football Focus. Okay. On those plays, he's just 20 of 47, 42% completions for 257 yards, no touchdowns and two interceptions. But here's the big number. On those 82 dropbacks, he's been sacked 27 times which is a huge percentage. And another percentage that I think is pretty telling, you know, the Redskins have a fairly solid offensive line with Sheriff out, it gets worse. But Donald Penn's been okay in place of Trent Williams this year. He's done a good enough job. But the Redskins right now have the eighth best 
pressure rate allowed in the NFL. So their quarterbacks are only being pressured on 28% of their dropbacks. All right, eighth best in the league. That's pretty good. But they have the second highest sack rate, which means their quarterbacks being sacked the second highest rate of dropbacks in the league. So usually those numbers are somewhere in the same area. They're on the opposite ends of the spectrum in this game, which tells me the quarterbacks aren't doing a good job, and this is what I spoke about with Haskins, of getting the ball out yeah. when he sees pressure. And I, and I think that that's with all young quarterbacks, that's, that seems to be the case. Same with Daniel Jones, too. Um, I know that last week he did a better job of, and just reading about some of the comments that the coaches were making about his play against the Eagles last week was he did a better job of getting the balls out, you know? Yeah, no question about it. And you look at the wide receiver core. Um, you have Sims, their slot guy. Uh, the other rookie, Harmon, the outside receiver. And Terry McLaurin's their big guy. But when it comes to pressure, Jeff, that's why I would not be hesitant if I'm the Giants if you want to bring a little bit of extra pressure this game and maybe send some more blitzes, not be so concerned about you know just sending four and getting back in coverage. Look, McLaurin's really good. But I think you can play a little bit more man-to-man in this game when you have rookies going up against rookies in the second half. Because Harmon, Sims, and McLaurin, all yeah. rookies, much like Ballantyne, Baker, and Beal, all rookies. And let's let's be honest, um, those three names that you just mentioned have, have really have started to play a little bit better football the last uh, three or four games, especially DeAndre Baker. So if you have a little bit of confidence in him to go out there and, and do one-on-one coverage and play man and get some pressure on the quarterback, I think it could work. I mean, because you're like you said, it's rookie on rookies out there. Yeah, and you know, I talked to Beal, Ballantyne, and Baker this week. They're all on our pregame show on Sunday, and they're going up on the Giants Huddle podcast later on today. And you know, they kind of talked about how they've been playing more together. The communication has naturally improved in the in the back well, it had half. To, it had to. Well, couldn't get worse. Yeah. But you have had fewer big plays allowed and blown coverage and things like that the last couple of weeks. But I also think at the same time. You went up against an Eagles team that had no wide receivers left. Literally, no wide receivers left by the second half of that game. The Dolphins obviously don't have a great wide receiver core. Devontae Park is a good player, yeah, but they, they don't. Good. You know, but they don't have. This is not one of the top wide receiver cores yeah. in the league. The Redskins obviously don't. And then you get the Eagles again next week. And they're still banged up. So I think you also at the same time have to understand the competition they're facing, appreciate the progress. But I think you, the competition and the quarterbacks you're facing does yeah. matter as well. Well, I think one thing that will matter in this game too, John, is that the team got a win. And so, you know, around here, um, that hasn't, you haven't seen that in a while. And I think that it kind of gives some guys confidence. I mean, when you win a football game, it's amazing what it does to the morale of the building, the morale of the team. And these guys are now feeling like they have a little bit of confidence to go down against a Washington team that you just said is not the greatest. So matchup wise, they they have a good shot to win this football game today. Now, the, the one caveat in this whole thing is Daniel Jones. If he can, if he can not turn the ball over, they have a good chance to win the game. But if you start to turn the ball over like he's done in the past, that's going to be a problem. That's going to be a problem on the road, as yeah, always. It is, and the funny thing, usually when you face a team like the Redskins, again, the Redskins have the same exact record as the Giants. Both teams are three and eleven, right? Um, usually, when your team is playing that poorly, a big reason the team is playing that poorly is because they're turning the ball over a ton. Well, believe it or not. The Redskins are actually on the positive side of the plus-minus ledger. They're plus two this year. They have 21 takeaways to just 19 giveaways. So turnovers have not been an issue for them. They're a very run-heavy team. That's probably one of the reasons why turnovers aren't a big issue for them or haven't been. So the Redskins, 
if they had the Giants' turnover ratio, they probably wouldn't have a win this year. But the fact that they're protecting yeah. the ball better is why they're at three wins, even though the Giants are probably a more talented football team. And one of the reasons why they only have three wins is that their defense can't get off the field. Um, their time of possession is horrible. Um, the game in their defense is just on third downs. And that sounds familiar, right? I mean, <laughs> so. Well, so I think a part of that too, Jeff, is that they also have the highest three and or second highest three and out percentage on offense in the NFL too. So I think, I go. think that goes both ways. It does. And I, but my, my point is that even though they're not turning the ball over, they're three and out. They're just, you know, they're giving the other team and then defensively they can't get off the field. So those, those equate to, to lose losses. And, um, I really believe that the Giants winning last week will give this team some good, good confidence to go down there and win this week. That's a big deal. What what does that do for a team as a player? I know every yeah. team's different. Every team reacts differently, so you sure. can't make a blanket statement. When you have a big losing streak like that, I'm sure when you were in Arizona, you had losing streaks oh my like God, that. Yeah. You had to. Well, so we, how does that just change everything when you finally get that win? I think what happens is you look back on the week, and you look back at your preparation, and you find things that maybe you did or you didn't do um, the week before that equated to why we won, right? I mean, so some guys are going to be saying like, you know what, it's funny because this week I put a little more effort in on studying third downs. Or this week I did a little more conditioning. Or this week, and they believe in that. And that's all of a sudden now they'll do that again. And because they believed that it worked to get a win last week, they'll do it again again this week. So that's the kind of thing. And everybody's different. John, you would be different. You would say, you know what? Why do I do so well last week? It was because of this. And they believe that that still can work. They'll do it again because it's a copycat. Everybody now, likes to do the same it thing. It might not be true, but no, as long as the belief it's is right there, up that's here, what matters. Though. That's exactly right. It may not be true. In fact, it's probably a lot of it isn't true. They're probably doing the same thing, but they might have just spent. <laughs> but it, mentally, it helps the guys play. It helps the guys go down there and feel like they have a chance to win where sometimes they may not feel that way. That's interesting. It, it really is. It's a mind game. It really is. But um, I haven't been around here all week other than just, you know, an hour before I got here today. But, you know, I'm sure that the, the vibe in the building with everything is just a little bit more kind of up-tempo and guys are a little bit, you know, but what you don't want to get lackadaisical, you got one win, big deal, right? You know, it's funny, I talked to Sam Beal about that, and he said that this team this year, believe it or not, and this is just his opinion as a, yeah. a second-year guy, that this team has been so good about flushing away what happened the week before after Monday, that okay. in his opinion, he hasn't honestly seen that big of a difference. Now, that could just be what a player says in an interview. Yeah. It might not necessarily be the case, because I find it hard to believe that well, a big load isn't taken off these guys' shoulders, too. Finally getting a win after a seven-game, lo- or what was it, eight-game losing streak, whatever it was. Nine-game losing nine. streak, I think it was nine. And, you know, it has to be a huge sigh of relief. It does. And, I, you know, listen, he's a young player, and I can tell you that as long as he's going to play in the league, you're going to know that the wins are better than the losses no matter what. And you feel better driving into work every day when you're winning. Um, and again, it's just it makes a huge difference in guys' confidence. And when you have a young football team like this, you need that. And that's why these coaches are they're trying so hard for wins because a young football team wins can help you develop. Loses, when you get these losses week over week, you start questioning yourselves as players, coaches, everybody. So the one win helps you get through to the next step. And by the way, you have two, two, two steps to go, really. And yeah. then it's all about... You know, the offseason and who did well. And, you know, and again, what John, what we're seeing around the league is all these guys being put on IRs because the last couple of weeks they're like, okay, you know, does this guy have to go on IR? Probably not, but we're going to put him on IR because number one is only two games left. But let's get a little chance to see some of those younger players come in and play the last couple of weeks just from an evaluation process. And that's what's happening not only in this building, but around the NFL. You see a lot of these guys going on IR, um, whether they. 
need to go or not. I mean, obviously they're injured at some capacity, but you know, maybe they wouldn't have to if they had the same injury the first two weeks of the season. Yeah, the only player that's out for the Giants this week is Ellison. They just sent the official report out. So Kevin Zeiler doesn't even have a questionable tag on him. And I thought well, he's I saw a him, tough dude. Man. I thought I saw him limping around just yesterday uh, a little I'm bit. Sure now he didn't did. have the boot on. Yeah. Now it was funny, like Nick Gates thought that Zeitler was going to try to come back and play last week. Like he thought in the back of his head that he might not be able to play. And guys, when I tell you on Wednesday last week, Kevin Zeitler had a boot on with a crutch <laughs> and could barely walk around. And that dude still wanted to go out there and play. Yeah. He is just ridiculous. Well, some guys, their, their, their pain threshold is so different. Like, you know, some guys are so, they're able to, to put that type of injury and pain um, out of their mind um, until they go out and they play and they come back. And then they like, wow, what did I just do? That was stupid. But, you know, <laughs> but, but I mean, some guys are different. Now the, there's the guys on the other end of the spectrum that you're sitting there going, dude, you can't play because you have a hangnail. I mean, what the heck is going on here? Right. Um, but that's not the case with him. Um, it also goes to show you the seriousness. And we always talk about this of concussions and you look at red Ellison, there's a guy that you know, obviously it's just occurring and he just can't get back because of, of what happened. And he did practice a little bit this week. So maybe he's on the right path. Maybe the final week, who knows? Maybe they'll just be cautious with him and not bring him back, which would not surprise me at this point. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, it's just with concussions, it's different well, for different Well, remember Shepard, same thing. He went out yeah. and practiced. Mm -hmm. And then he uh, that Sunday morning, he just said, you know what? I can't go. Or was it Saturday? It was, it was Saturday. Saturday, yeah, but it was Saturday. close to the game. And it's just like, listen, I can't do it. Um and you certainly understand if anybody's ever had one, you realize that it's just they're different. I mean, they affect you in different ways. And the way Rhett explained it to me and I kind of talked to him and he said it kind of just feels like you have a really bad hangover like all the time. Yeah. And I've heard other people guys explain it to me that way, too. Yeah, that sucks, really, because if you're going to have a hangover, at least you had a good time the night before, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, That's but true. I mean, I think that it's just it's one of those things. Everybody's different. And hopefully we, you know, wish him the best and he gets he gets better. So. Big Blue Kickoff is brought to you by Coors Light. Enter to win the ultimate VIP game day experience, courtesy of Coors Light. Text VIP to 90464 for more details. And I remind you as well that you can find Big Blue Kickoff live not only on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app, but also on all your favorite podcast platforms on its very own podcast feed. Just text or search, rather, Big Blue Kickoff Live, and you can subscribe if you're on Apple Podcast. We'd love it if you left a positive review. You ready to do some phone calls, Jeff? Yeah, let's get them. Okay, 201-939-4513. We got a bank full of calls. We'll start off with Doug up in Rochester. He'll be first. What's up, Doug? Hi, Doug. Hey, what's going on, Jeff and John? How you guys doing? Good. We're good, Doug. Happy Friday to you. Um, happy Friday to you guys. So, um, I want to talk about three things. Um, 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 I think um, Pat Schumer should relinquish the offense and just let Mike Schumer handle it because I think it might drive him to destruction. What do you guys think about that? And I got a couple more things to ask you about. Well, I don't think you're going to have that sort of change at this point of the year. If that was going to happen, it would happen a while ago. So I would not expect that to happen in the last two games of the year. Yeah, and maybe it's something that they talk about going into next season and say, hey, listen, you know, we need to talk a little bit about this, whether he would give it up or not. But obviously the guy in line would probably be Mike Shula to do it. So. And I, and I in, my, in, in my opinion, there are, there are a lot of problems with the team, Doug. I do not necessarily think the structure of the offense and the play calling is one of them. But that's just me. 
Well, yeah, but some, you know, sometimes this, this is great calling. Makes, you can see it uh, on second down, first down, it's the wrong play calls. But, you know, like Jeff said, maybe next season. But I want to move on. Um, I'm kind of dumbfounded about Jeff uh, Julian Love. Okay, he, he's playing Javel Pepper, Pepper's position, but can he play the other safety position? Uh, can he play the other safety position if Javel Peppers comes back? Yeah, if, if anything, yeah. if anything, people thought he, he was better be the other way. suited yeah. for Antoine Bethea's safety position. And also, the way these teams run their safeties now, you don't have a straight-up strong and free anymore. Guys will rotate into both spots depending on the play. There were plays this year where Bethea was playing down and Peppers was playing deep. So it all depends on, on where they line up based on formation. And if Love can prove now that he can not only play close to the line but also play coverage. Remember, he was a linebacker. So, I mean, he was a cornerback. So yeah. he would be more comfortable playing coverage anyway. So the fact that he can do this stuff and tackle near the line of scrimmage is really, really a good sign for him moving forward. Yeah, especially the way that he's actually playing that position. He's done well. Yeah, he's done missed really a couple well. tackles, but he's done a good job. Yeah, because I was kind of concerned. I was wondering about that. And um, another one with um, Lorenzo Carter. Now, Paul talked about this, and um, I agree. I kind of agree with him. Uh, Lorenzo Carter, to me, is a better, if you're playing a 4-3, he's a better outside linebacker than a pass rusher. Because that's what he did at Georgia, right? He, he to me he was shine a lot better as an outside linebacker. Well, yeah, I mean that that is what that yeah, Doug. That's what he did in college, and they thought he had the with his length and his size and his tools that he could develop into a very good pass rusher. We haven't seen that yet. Now the question is, do you want to give up on that development and you know turn him into an off ball linebacker, which is what he did more of at Georgia, or do you still want to you know try to turn him into that pass rusher next year? That's another decision I think Jeff is going to have to make in the off season. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, and well, I also well, think that they thought well, he was going to be. Well, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but if it's the okay. Giants in this position can get a, a from the draft a pass rusher like Chase Young or go into you know and go into the offseason and get somebody another pass rusher from another team, and then you got Marcus Golden as a pass rusher, and then then that's what I'm saying. Carter can slide play that as an outside linebacker. Well, remember, you need more than two pass rushers, too. So if you want to play him at that, at that outside linebacker spot on rushdowns and then you know have him rush the passer on third down, you can do that, too. Just remember, just look at how the Eagles have done it over the years. They have so many guys they rotate in at defensive end to rush the passer. You need more than just two. You need like nine. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. but you need the, you need the linebackers too. The, the, the Carter, uh, I think he, uh, I think he has enough speed to stay with a running back and the tight end on coverage. I mean, that's an outside linebacker position too. Just tackle and coverage. Well, it's, that's need, true. But again, you fit that better. Yeah, but Doug, the team doesn't even play a four three right now. So you're going two or three steps down the road. Yeah, I know. That's what I did. <laughs> so in the defense that Betts is playing. He cannot play that, that that type of linebacker, right? Well, again, he could play three, four outside linebacker on first and second down when teams are running the ball more, but has he been a very good, pure, disruptive pass rusher? No, I think he's been a little bit slower in his development there. doesn't mean it's not going to happen, but he just simply hasn't had the production as a pass rusher so far. So for order for him to stay on the field for three downs, four downs, um... I'm talking about that linebacker, like I'm saying. He has, yes. has to be a I know, Doug, I, 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 under, I, understand, I understand, but they're not playing that scheme right now. Yeah. So we're not well, seeing them. You think it's a chance they can switch to that? I, maybe. The, I mean, J, James Betcher is not going to switch schemes, and you're not also going to switch schemes because of one player. 
Okay, well, you got players, okay, but look at the team this year. They didn't do too good in his scheme. That's what I'm saying. And he's bringing more players from different teams that doesn't know his scheme. So, I mean, it's not always about the coach scheme. It's what fits the players, the best position they can play. Well, look, now, well, look, look, Doug, let me ask you. Doug, let me ask you. How, how do you know how that look? That's what I'm saying. Well, Doug, listen to what I'm saying now. Do you think Marcus Golden's a better 3-4 linebacker or a 4-3 linebacker? The 4-3 is because the 4-3, you get a chance like Lorenzo Carter to stay on that field. Yeah, okay. Doug, thank you. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it, Doug. Thank you very much for the call. I appreciate it. You want to play 4-3s, Lorenzo Carter can play off-ball linebacker. I get it. I was just trying to get him to see a bigger picture, but he kept repeating the same thing every single time. I get it. I get want, it. I get he it. He wants Lorenzo Carter to, to, to be that outside linebacker. But then what do you do with Marcus Golden? He's not of every down 4 3 defense. No, he, has to, he needs to be his. his no. He, has he to can have, be a situational pass rusher in those But you don't spots. want to. Yeah, but you don't want to do that. I mean, the guy has nine sacks in the season. You don't want to have him in just situations. You want him in there all the time. Do you think he's big enough? I mean, look, he's the decent player versus the run, but is he big enough to hold up at the edge like that in the 4 in a 3? 4 3? It's tough, right? It is because I don't. First of all, I don't think he has the the length to do it. I mean, I look at a JPP, okay, and a guys like that. I mean, Lorenzo Carter. I I I probably would agree with maybe the. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that Marcus Golden would would be a good four three guy. I what just are really his measurements? Don't. I'm just double checking what he is. He's got to be six wise. two, maybe six three two sixty. I mean, two sixty is heavy enough to be a linebacker, yeah. but I'm not sure if he is long enough. That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, obviously he's. He's here because of the 3-4 that they play, right. and that's in Betcher's system. And so. again, and I'll say this again too, the 3-4 and 4-3 delineation isn't that important anymore because when you go to sub-package, guess what? Yeah. You're with four down linemen. So now, do you want to turn Lorenzo Carter into a off-the-ball linebacker in nickel or dime? Is that where you want to go? Mm. Maybe. I mean, could he do it? I think he has the physical yeah, tools the to speed. do it. But we thought he had the physical tools to be a pass rusher, too. So I think that's something you'll have to wait and see, you know, whether or not he can do that at the pro level, too. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I think that the the personnel that the Giants have, those three young guys that are in there fit the 3-4 mold. It couldn't get any better. I mean, obviously, maybe it could get better if you had all pros in there. But those guys are pretty good at what they're doing. Tomlinson, okay, and Dexter Lawrence, they have played exceptionally. And then you got, you know, Williams, is who actually is a good player. So... Why switch? Those guys are doing pretty well. They really are. Yeah, you know, people say you have all these defensive linemen play the 4-3, it's better. It actually doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't because, because of your techniques and where you're at and the gaps and correct. all the other stuff. So in the 3-4, you can have Tomlinson, Leonard Williams, and Dexter Lawrence all on the field at the same time in base defense. In 4-3, you, only get, two you only get two of them. That's right. Yep. Thank you. Somebody you understands. <laughs> it's hard to understand sometimes. Well, I'm generally that hard to understand. Just ask my wife. 201-939-4513. Ask all of our 201-939-4513. Yeah, I'm sure I'm not unique in that. Carlos in Astoria is up next. Hi, Carlos. Hey, Carlos. What's up, guys? We're doing not good, much. Carlos. What's up? When I called last week, I told you to listen to last Thursday's show. Did you have a chance to do it? <laughs> oh, the, you know uh, what? I, 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 argument. I'm so up against it every day, Carlos, just trying to get all my work done. I honestly did not have a chance to do it. Um, mm -hmm. I'd have to write that. I honestly, I don't even remember what what time it was of the show. It was and a thirteen what minute, thirteen minute mark of the show, and you head down to Washington if you're going to the right. game this week. I will try and find it. it. I will try that's and find it. The reason for my call. No, that's okay. Uh, I appreciate I, what it. I, what I want to ask you guys to do is, if you can, because what I've been very interested in with the show 
is the different perspectives, and a lot of it, it seems to have to do with age. Um, Paul is obviously a bit more old school uh, than some of the younger guys have like different views. So obviously, with this weekend, a big debate amongst fans uh, is: Do we want the team to win or not? So if you guys can actually ask your callers their age and what they think is best for the team—a win or a loss—I'd be very interested in the results. You'd like to give us homework. Well, no, honestly, you'll cause. I want to be honest with you. If I was just sitting here as a fan from the outside looking in, lose. I mean, it's 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 better off for the team to probably lose the game. To be quite honest with you, now I, when I, you're, I know you think that because you, I'm 33, John. We're probably relatively close in age. Close enough. And it seems like the older oh, fans. Can I, I mentioned it to Paul yesterday. He couldn't grasp the idea. Like he even said himself that there's no carryover in the wins. But then he's saying it's more important to win. It's just like that old-school mentality. Uh, and and I'll, I'm going to pose this, and I'm going to hang up, but if you can ask your caller, that'd be great. The number one player you can acquire this offseason when you factor in age and salary is Chase Young. And that guy's either going to be on the Giants next year or the Redskins. And I damn sure want him to be on the Giants. So let's go Redskins this week. Hail to the Redskins. <laughs> it's the best for the Giants. Enjoy the game, Sunday, fellas. Thank thank you, you. Carlos. I appreciate the call. I I think what you have to deal with here is, like John said, you understand the (laughs) rationale behind, you know, getting the pick, right? But here comes the butt part of it as a former player. And that's the thing. None of you guys, well, you never, a lot of people didn't play this game at the level that we talk about it every week. That's not an option in the locker room. When we know that, so it's just you just can't. You have to understand that mentality of it. And then the flip side of it is, from the fans' perspective, or guys, it just you can't understand that because it's difficult as a player. You're never going out on that field thinking that you're going to lose a football game. Well, here's the other thing it's too. It's hard to understand that. It oh, really yeah. is. Of course, you can't look at an interior. And then from a bigger picture perspective, look at it this way too. Let's say you lose your last two games, and you lose because your young defensive backfield can you know starts to play poorly again after a couple decent games. And, no, boy, is is DeAndre Baker the guy? Is Sam Beal the guy? Is Ballantyne the guy? Then you have all these doubts heading into the offseason. Do we have to go after all new cornerbacks now after using all this draft capital on these guys? You know, if winning means that those guys are becoming good players, that's why winning's important. Yeah. You know, would it be great to say, yeah, lose the game, but have all your young guys play well? Well, now you're kind of getting specific about it. Do you want to lose if it means that Daniel Jones has five more turnovers the last two games? And it shows that maybe he's not your franchise quarterback. Would that make you feel good about where you're heading? So losses don't happen in a vacuum. You lose for reasons. So you have to figure out why you lost the game. I mean, it's much more important, I think, for Daniel Jones to play well and to show that he's progressing and is getting over his turnover issues than to move one or two picks in the draft. No question. I, I listen as a, as a, as a coaching staff and as an organization. You want to see you've already drafted these guys, right? You want to see them get better, not not all of a sudden be questioning yourself. Should we have taken DeAndre Baker in the first round? Should we have taken Daniel Jones in the first round? Just what you just said, John. I want them to play well and have a little bit of confidence in knowing that these guys are going to be good players, and I'll just deal with the draft when it gets here. And a lot of times, you know. It's, yeah, it's where you draft, but it's who you draft is more important, right? I mean, those are the kind of guys you you don't want to miss on these guys. Yeah, here's now, the thing. Well, what, what happens if you don't get Chase Young, right? Okay. okay. It happens. What happens if the Andrew Thomas, I think is the name of the offensive tackle for Georgia, right? Yeah. What happens if he, he ends up being a Hall of Fame caliber left tackle? Are you going to be mad about that? 
You're and what happens if Chase Young? Because you miss Chase Young. What happens if Chase Young, you know, tears his ACL in his second year in the league? You just don't know. Like, yeah. people just assume, oh, Chase Young's going to be the super-duper, duper star. And, yeah, he looks like it. He probably he, will. He looks like it, but do we know that? Do we, we know, know he's going to be better than the, the, the top offensive tackle in the draft or the top cornerback in the draft? What happens if the top cornerback in the draft ends up being the next, you know, Darrell Revis? We don't know that. He could be. Listen, if you want to go out there and, and do what everybody wants to do and, like, lose the last two games because you get the Chase Young guy, then go ahead and just put all of your practice squad guys on the roster. I are the rest of the guys, and that's how you could probably end up losing a football game, right? They don't have a lot of experience, and they can do it. That's not what's going to happen because, you right. know what, this whole coaching staff, they're playing for you know their jobs. Everybody plays for their jobs every single week in, this, in the league. And by the way, for ownership, don't you want to see that the roster that your general manager put together and your coach's ascending, coaching right? is ascending? And now, you never take too much out of games at the end of the year. And there's such a small sample size against opponents that are, don't have the best record. So you're not going to draw a, bit, uh, a million conclusions, but from an individual player perspective, don't you want to see that your process, drafts the yes. last two years and see how those players are progressing and things of that nature? Yeah, and if bet. they play well, it probably means you're going to win. So that's your choice. Do you want your all your young guys you're counting on to get better, to, to be bad so you lose, or do you want them to win to show they're becoming better players and that helps you win a game? So... It's not as just simple as win yeah. or lose. The why's in there too. Yeah. And you could, we could sit here and talk about this all day, all week. But it's just the the bottom line is that a lot of people have a hard time understanding it. But the guys that are playing and practicing and putting the blood, sweat, and tears every single day in the preparation, getting on that train, going down to Washington, staying in that hotel Saturday night, going out and playing. It's like it's not. It's you're playing there to win the game. And by the way. Every fifty-three of those guys want to play well because that's just that's that's your resume. At this time of the year, with these types of teams, you are playing for your resume. Bottom line, and I mean, yeah. So is Daniel Jones playing for his resume? Yes and no. I mean, he's going to be the starter, right? But what about the fifty-third guy in this roster? He doesn't know if he's going to be here next year. He has to go out and play well. That means that if you play, if he plays well, they might win the game. And guys that are for agents this year, they're playing for contracts. I Absolutely. mean, just, just, just go down the line. Yeah. Yep. Joe in Pennsylvania is up next. Hey, Joe. Hi, Joe. Hey, guys. Uh, hey, what's the line on a the game there to start there? Who's favored, you know? That's, that's actually a really good question. I'll check that for you, Joe. Is it I two heard or? on the radio Redskins two and a half points that the Giants Redskins, are getting two and Redskins a half points. are favored by two and a half. Okay, there that's you go. That's what I heard on the radio this morning. Pearson confirms. Yes, is that good? You, 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 you said the skins are favored two and a half. That's correct, which surprises me because, honestly, I think the Giants are a more talented team have a real good chance to win this game. Yeah, well, well, uh, well what, you, what you are talking there, I, I agree. I want the Giants to win this game, and then I'm looking there. I, I, I think I want the Eagles to win, beat the Cowboys, so that last game really means something for the Giants to play against their, their team. You know what I mean? The spoiler. To, to stop them, yeah. Because uh, if not, if the Eagles lose to the Cowboys, then the Giant, then the Cowboy, uh, the Eagles might not even start wins and stuff like that. And anybody's banged up, they're going to yeah. set them and stuff right. like that. I want I want our young guys in there and playing and beating them, and I don't want to see Wentz or uh, the Urch running free anymore in the secondary. And then I I want to <laughs> see us come together as a team. I'm tired of it, you know. No, so J- Joe, I hear you. Just, I hear you. And I want to punish the Eagles. I I want to go out. You know what I mean? We we owe them a big one. And there's just like you're talking here. It might be better to get a tackle that can block. Uh, 
that uh, Chase Young then to uh, get a uh, you know to get him or so you know it's and then it depends to who we pick up if anybody in free agency so no I'm I want we have too many young guys I want us to come together I want to see we we know our assignments at least and, and I want us to go out there and win and that that's it man I'm tired of it Old so uh, we just got too many young guys and like I said they'll feel better everybody next year you know, uh, coming together, and um, that's basically it, man. I just want to win, you know, and I, I guess I'm rooting for the Eagles. I don't know about you because I want that last game to mean something because if not, it don't mean nothing. They they ain't going to play there. Anybody banged up, you're going to set them. You understand that. So, yeah, uh, yeah, Joe, Joe, you. Joe. If I don't talk no. to you, Merry Christmas, Happy you New too, Year. You too, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, buddy. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, look, and for the folks that don't know, the Cowboys play the Eagles this weekend. If the Cowboys win that game, they clinch the NFC East. If the Eagles win, they go one game up on Dallas, but Dallas would still have the tiebreaker due to division record. Yep. So if the Eagles would lose to the Giants the last week of the year, the Cowboys are playing the Redskins. I'm not sure where that game is. The Cowboys could still tie them in the final week and still theoretically win the division. Because of their division eight. record, yeah. Correct. So yeah. that's a wait-and-see situation. And, uh, you know, if the Eagles, and frankly... Even if the Eagles have something to play for that last week, Jeff, with the way they're banged up offensively, it doesn't look like Lane Johnson's going to play this week after hurting himself versus the Giants two weeks ago. One, I think it's going to be they're going to be hard pressed to beat Dallas with all those injuries. But even if they do, that's a winnable game for the Giants at home against the Eagles, who almost lost to Washington last week. Is um, and I don't know this is the is the, is the Eagle and um, Cowboy game on tomorrow? Is that a Saturday? Or no, is that, that is Sunday, Sunday four twenty five. So I will. It's a Sunday game. Okay. So we will all be scrambling on the train ride home trying to find that yeah. game somewhere on our phones interesting well in my pecking order of hateness if that's such a word <laughs> well you were a former eagle <laughs> i was but that doesn't matter anymore um i also used to love the cowboys when i was growing up i hate them down so the basically the my pecking order is goes cowboys eagles and then redskins so in that order i don't do uh, dislike therefore i want the eagles to beat the cowboys it's funny people don't realize that you can grow up liking a team once you get into this stuff professionally it just doesn't matter anymore it doesn't Things, matter you know because you grow personal relationships you know ownership players on the team yeah. you're part of it you're in it and what you're doing before just doesn't yeah. really matter as much anymore. i will tell you that growing up in arizona we didn't have a pro team and the the cardinals were in st louis then for you exactly. folks that didn't know. what are you doing like playing the gone game on your phone here that's your phone making those sounds well, I can't hear him. You know that. <laughs> That's true. Jeff can't Sorry. hear any sounds. Right. <laughs> so, especially <laughs> with these headphones on, I can't hear anything. <laughs> but just to give you a funny story here is that when I was growing up, the reason I liked the Cowboys was because I was a, an Arizona State Sun Devil fan, and Danny White was the quarterback, and Danny White was also the oh, punter. I didn't realize he was the Arizona. He was a punter too. For, yeah, I didn't know that. And okay. so when he went to the Cowboys, I became a Cowboy fan, and he was also a punter for the Cowboys back in the day. And remember at the old. Dallas Cowboys Stadium had those stars around, you know, this, the inside yep. of the stadium mm -hmm. and used to watch it on TV. And the first time that I got to play in Dallas Stadium, it totally ruined it for me because I thought the place was so much nicer. Oh, it was a dump. It was so bad. It was a dump. Right? I got there and I was so like, I was, in, and I, at, the, at the time, you know, I, I, I wasn't a Cowboy fan anymore, but I was just growing up and seeing that stadium and getting there and knowing it was a dump. <coughs> It really was like, now nah, I really hate him. And the funny thing is that it was a dome, right? Yeah. So, you, you know, you could open up with the roof and all that stuff. Um, it wasn't retractable. Then I think they just had the hole, right? There yeah, was no, no retractable. It was just, roof. A, so hole, it was just yeah. a hole. So you figure, though, that if it rained, it wasn't that big of a deal, right? 
Mm-mm. When it rained, folks, like in the tunnel heading to the Giants' locker room, they would have to put and stack wooden pallets because the water would drain into the tunnels and flood. So you couldn't actually walk yeah. because there were literally like four inches of standing water in the tunnel. So you had to like players now with cleats on had to like hop from platform I to remember. platform yeah. to get from the locker room it to the field. Horrible. It was horrible. And those white stars were like beat up. They were made of like plastic. Was it plastic or wood? No, they were plastic. They were plastic, yeah. right? But they yeah. were like dense yeah. in them. They, yeah. were, they were dirty. Yeah. Oh, it was just nasty. It was a nasty state. And the, and the crown on that field was ridiculous. And what, what he means by crown, folks, is that the middle of the field was high. And then it would kind of like a hill on either side drop down. Yeah, because, you know, back in the day. Um, and that would help for drainage, I think, it, right? And it was also because of how Texas football they used to run a lot of the, the wishbone and they would run oh, downhill. Oh, so they the want to run outside they were running down. So that was kind of a big part of why Texas football stadiums were like that. That's yeah. interesting. Yep. Brian in New Jersey. He's up next. Brian, Hi, Brian. what's up? Hello, Brian. Brian wants. Brian. Or maybe, is this Dennis, perhaps? Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, who's this? Dennis. Hey, it's Brian. Hey, it's Brian. Brian. There okay. we go. Now we got All you. Right. What's going on? Good afternoon, hey, Brian. Hey, how are you guys? We're good. What do you got? Good, good. Um, I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Hey, thanks welcome. For, thank you for calling uh, in and being such a loyal listener. We appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's really uh, an honor to talk to you. And Jeff, too, after all you've done for thank us. You. And those, the Super Bowl wins. Thank you so much for everything. You're welcome. Uh, it's, been, it's been awesome watching you guys. Um, and I just wanted to talk about um, just kind of the state of the Giants. Uh, I know it's been like a very disappointing season, uh, but I understand it's a very new team. Uh, that Everyone's kind of getting acclimated to the NFL. It's very different from college, but uh, I have some improvement. Um, I'm looking at the draft, and I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I think uh, our, our main, what, what I think we should do, uh, kind of like what Dave Gettleman did with, with the corner, with the secondary, just kind of, um, you know, drafting a bunch and just kind of see what sticks. Um, and, uh, and I think we should do that with the linebacking core and maybe, you know, create some more competition. Um, I know, we, uh, not that I, I think our linebacking core is bad. I, um, I just think it definitely needs improvement. I, I think our defensive line is solid. What would Dick Edelman do with the defensive line? Uh, a lot of big bodies, just kind of like you said, stuff the run. Um, and I think, um, and, and I really think that these young guys in the, in the secondary, they're really coming, uh, coming into their own after, you know, I mean, it's only been, uh, you know, a couple of pretty good games, but, you know, I think they can, you know, take that transition into next year and another off season. Um, I'm not sure how, what, what the coaching situation is going to look like for next year, but, um, you know, if they stick with the same coaches, you know, maybe they learn from the mistakes from this year. If they go in a different direction with the assistant coaches or head coach or whatever, um, maybe it, it will be an improvement. Um, I, I have no way of knowing, but, um, but I think we have a really good foundation going, you know, moving forward. Um, and also, and, and, and also the, the offense. Uh, I think the um, you know maybe like the offensive line maybe draft a, a stud offensive lineman because I because I've noticed you know we we don't put up too many points um, and and I think that that kind of um, you know leaves our defense on an island and doesn't really give them uh, enough time to uh, you know catch a break and really come out exploding and then I think that's when offenses start to you know take advantage of us especially in the second half well, with the adjustments being made and uh, our offense kind of stalling so. Um, just wanted to, you know, you know, kind of get your thoughts on on that, and um, you know, in the off season, if you think we should, you know, uh, um, you know, uh, improve the offensive line, or maybe go for, you know, some um, some um, 
like receivers or running backs or you know, for, for depth at running back. I mean, I like Wayne Gallman and stuff like that, and, and I like our receiving core. But maybe maybe there is room for one more piece, one more you know playmaker possibly. Um, but uh, I, I don't think the defense is too far off, even though like it, the season doesn't really – you know, show it. But you know, I'm a very optimistic Giants fan, and, um, that, and that's what I have for you guys. I really Thank appreciate you. you guys having me on. Thank you. No, right, appreciate Brian. you calling, Brian. Good stuff. Look, I think they wanted to try to draft a linebacker last year. They drafted Connolly late. I still think that will be yeah, a that, focus. Whether it's free agency or the draft, absolutely. I think you want to add another cornerback. You know, Janoris Jenkins is a back yet, right? Back now. So you're looking at Baker, Beal, Ballantyne, and then Grant Haley and Antonio Hamilton. So I think you want to add another. Yeah. High-level corner in some way, shape, or form, whether it's in the free agency or the draft, take your pick. We talked about getting younger at offensive tackle. Still, I think, very important. Maybe center is something you look at, too. I'm not that concerned with the skill positions. I'm really not. I mean, how many other guys need to catch the ball when you have Darius Slayton, Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, and Saquon Barkway? How many guys do you need? Yeah. I mean, when they're all healthy, you got to press the... I don't even say that word, but the fact is, is that... You know, if those guys can be on the field all at once, you're, you're going to be great, okay? And Darius yeah. Slayton is a guy that... It's a big if right now, but true. It is a big still. if, but here's the other thing, too. The maturation of Darius Slayton has been tremendous. No one I mean, thought he'd be this. the value you are getting yeah. out of that pick is just... And those are the ones you have to hit on. We always talk about it in our draft stuff in the offseason. And not every year, but once in a while, you got to hit a fifth or a sixth. You, you just have to. You have to, and they did, and, he, and he's just a, you know, you just... You can't but love the guy. The way he works and the way he conducts himself. Well, a great and, and kid. his production is just like, and I don't think it's one of these things where that's just going to go to this kid's head. He's just going to keep working harder and harder. And, um, and it's a good thing. And I think that Daniel Jones has, has developed a great r- rapport with him. I mean, the one thing we talk about this and scouting our own opponents and things like this, he runs great routes. And so you can, as a quarterback, you can depend on him where he's going to be the ball you can throw it to targets. Because, guys, quarterbacks don't throw. They're not watching him going around and, oh, look, he's open. Throw it to him. They're, th- they're hitting spots. And if that receiver is not running the right route, a good route is going to get tipped. It's going to get picked. It's going to get dropped. All he, things happen. <clears throat> he doesn't have any holes, Jeff. Like you mentioned, he's a good route runner. He had drops issues early. That's been fixed. He's able to make contested catches. He has a speed. Oh, he definitely th- can get up now. He has size. He's got the speed to run past people. Yep. So what is? Yeah. Where's the hole in his game? Uh, experience, which is not his fault. Right. Exactly. You know. So and that's it. And and we talk about it all the time, just getting these younger guys experience. And, and let's just talk about DeAndre Baker for a minute. And by the way, Slayton's not you know. Uh, in, oh, he's in, not a Julio Jones, but correct. But <laughs> you know? does it mean he can't be like he can't develop into an eighty catch thousand yard receiver at some point? There's no reason absolutely. For that. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Um. And and again, you know, these players they're labeled. By their draft pick positions, right? right. Guys. Where, where was Michael Thomas drafted? Where was Jeff Fiegel's drafted? I played 22 seasons and I was not drafted. Michael Thomas was a second round pick. He's going to set yeah. NFL records for the best season for a wide receiver this year. He was a second round pick. That's right. So, I mean, how about value there? And you can talk, I mean, we can use Tom Brady as an example. You know, that's a, probably the classic one there. Of course. But, but the point is, do you do like to hit on some of those once in a while? And, um, you know, DeAndre Baker is a guy that when you looked at his pedigree coming out of college, how what he did in college was tremendous, right? And then the first four weeks of the season, we we're like, what happened? Well, you know what? The guy went to work. He, he, he got better at his craft and he started to learn what it takes to be an NFL player. And now you look at the last six games, he's played very well. So he'll continue to get better because he has experience. That is the thing. They're in the game. They're out there. They're playing the game. 
learning everything about it. And not only just on Sundays, people, being a rookie, you're learning from Monday to Sunday. It's, a, it's that type of a thing. You are constantly learning about going on the road and how what it takes to be a pro. You remember we had that like mini DeAndre Baker controversy a couple months ago or a month ago when he a reporter asked him after the game, why are you showing? He's going, I need to get into my playbook more. Well, I didn't ask him about that specifically, but I didn't ask him why he thinks he's playing better in the past couple of months. And he gave, I think, the answer he meant to give a month ago when he was asked that. He goes, yeah, you know, I need to, to, you know, I'm doing a much better job watching tape. And then he expounded on it a little bit where he basically said, you know, the older guys have taught me now when I'm watching opponent film what to look for. You know, I was watching it before, but I wasn't really gleaming what I was supposed to out of it. So now I'm starting to see. And you mentioned... In the last couple games, he's, you know, jumping those slants, jumping those inward cutting routes. He goes, you know, I see based on the player, the splits, how the form, how, you know, what the formation is, what the down and distance is, and I'm able to anticipate better what these guys are going to do, which allows him to play off, but then make some of those plays crashing down because he's able to do it with more confidence because he's learning how to break down an opponent better. And Jeff, I don't think fans realize how much different it is your preparation preparing for a receiver and an offense in the NFL compared to what you were asked to do in college. It's night and day for a cornerback. Especially a DeAndre Baker where they, nobody threw at him. So yeah. he didn't really have to prepare all that much when and you think was, about it. And it was man-to-man every play. They said, okay, yeah. go cover that guy and That's don't worry right. about anything. I, the, the, I guess the, the easiest I could make a comparison to, John, and you'll like this one because this is what we do in on our college stuff and even watching Breaking Down when we watch our own film, Yeah, is that the normal fan who watches Sunday football and college football, they follow the ball, right? Of course. When you, learn, when you become an analyst or start to break things down, you have to train your eyes not to follow the ball and to look at other things on the field when and, you're watching things. And by the and way, it's, re- it's really hard. Because no, there's no question. Yeah, it's very it's, hard. Especially all your life, you've, you've been the normal fan. Correct. And I find myself sometimes during the games up in the press box following the ball and missing my stuff. And, and I, have to, I have to kick myself, stop watching the ball. So I have binoculars <laughs> up in the, I have the binoculars up yeah. there. And a lot of times I would just fixate myself on the offensive line. And, you know, I can see what they're doing and just, you know, you can always, we're going to get a replay. So you're always going to feel the fall of the ball after the play's over, right? So it's just, it's just those types of things you have to learn on how to train your mind to do things. And that just kind of goes on the same page as what DeAndre Baker was talking about. It really is. All right. We got four guys on the line. We'll take these four, Pearson, and then we're going to wrap it up. So you don't have to screen any bit more. Uh, Let's go to Dennis in California. He's up next. Hey, Dennis. Hi, Dennis. Hey, how you guys doing? What's up, bud? Good, good. I just wanted to give you a quick uh, scenario and have you answer this question. Um, let's yes. say this week that you guys lose to Washington, and let's, uh, in the scenario, say that Jones plays a very poor game okay. this week. Okay. Uh, the final game of the year, do you think Jones should still be quarterback or should they put him on the bench? I think you're with Jones the rest of the way here as long as he's healthy, regardless of what he does this week. Eli had his home game. If it turns out to be his last home game, great. It came out with a win. If he has to go back in there because Jones is hurt or whatever, that's fine. But you're not really gaining anything at this point long-term for your franchise by putting Eli Manning back on the field. Yeah, I agree. Okay, because you did mention that every game it's very important to win. You want your best players in there every game. Every game's important to win, right? Well, no, it, it is, but there's okay. also a balance. Remember, I talked about, remember when I talked about it, and then when I expanded my answer, the importance in winning is because it means your younger players that you're thinking about the future with are playing well. So that's why it's important to win, because it shows 
that your younger players are doing well. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. But the question, but what I just said, if Jones loses this week, that would be nine straight games he has lost. I understand, nine but nine straight. Right, but Eli Manning's I mean, not on that's your like unacceptable. Well, no, so it's, you it's win not the good. Last game, you're going to put the player in that's lost nine straight games versus the player that won. Basically, Eli almost won both games. He, they just kind of blew it in the overtime against Philadelphia. So versus nine straight losses. Well, Eli is well. We well look. <laughs> We know Daniel Jones is on the roster next year, and he's probably your starting quarterback week one, right? And I think we're pretty right. darn oh, sure. Yeah, definitely. Right, and yeah. I think we're pretty yeah. darn sure that Eli is not going to be on the roster next year, right? Right. So I think there's your answer. No question. I just yeah. – I, I understand the theory that you're saying, and I know that is you're, what you're saying is that we want, you want to win. But I think there comes a time when you have to be a little more practical in the sense that this is the guy we're going to hopefully win with, so we're going to stick yeah. with him for the next two weeks. But what a great way to – Pay respect to Eli to have him play that last game, unless they to beat Philadelphia and knock him out of the playoffs. What a going away party for the <laughs> for a quarterback that's been with your team for 15 years. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good, a pretty good thing last week. What I saw, and I, you know, to be honest with you, thank I, you, Dennis. Appreciate I hope, the call. I the way that he went off last week, I hope he never. In fact, if, if he has to play, I, I want Tanny to play the last game of the year. I'm serious. I just that's just me. You're I done don't want, with it. I don't want to see it anymore. I, what I saw there last Sunday was so special to me because of, of being Eli and my teammate, things like that. I don't want to see him come into a game anymore. I really don't. It's not going to get better than that. It's not because you can't script it any better than that. A, no. a, a win at home. I mean, just it was perfect, right? You don't want to spoil that feeling. And, and and by the way, you know, some people always mention the record and thing. He's 500, right? He's got the he's got the wins and the losses right at 500. I mean, it's perfect. Just let him go. And by the way, and I I've said this on a prior show. I'll say it again. Yeah, regular season record one. We we both know Eli doesn't give a damn about that. He does not yeah, care about no. those numbers. But, but some people do. Here's the thing: the postseason games not count. Well, if you put those records up, he's got pretty good. He's eight and four in the postseason, so there he's three go. games over. So he's four games over five hundred for his career if you count the postseason. And two MVPs, yeah. So two hundred one. I'll take it. Two hundred one nine three nine four five one three. It's all brought to you by Coors Light. Enter in the ultimate VIP game day experience, courtesy of Coors Light. Text VIP to nine zero four six four for more details. Let's go back to the phone and say what's up to Duke and Queens. He's up next. Hey, Duke. Hi, Duke. Hey, guys. Um, I'm going to be quick. Um, I just wanted to say that um, you know, I think we have to lose this Redskins game. I know it's it's, it's, uh, an unspeakable thing to ask for as a fan, but these past three years have been horrendous. Um, I've been unable to watch my favorite sport, and it's my favorite by a mile the past. I don't know how many seasons now, with that, since we're the most losingest team in the past three years, I just think we need a can't miss prospect and chase young. Whether it turns out to be true or not, that's that's fine. He might not be the greatest guy, whatever. That's fine. But as it as it as it appears right now, he he, he seems to be a can't miss prospect. <laughs> um, I know you guys spoke on that, so I will leave you with another question. And my question is, how do you explain what has been going on with BJ Hill? Because I. I loved him coming out of the draft. I loved what he did last year, and this year it's just it's crazy. He's he at 38% of the snaps now, and it's almost like what's going on with him if, if, if he's been playing good. Like, what, you know, if, if you can't explain that to me, I would, I would really appreciate it. Thank you. No, I appreciate it. Um, well, first of all, last year, and Jeff and I talked about this in the offseason, when you look at his sacks from last year. One game. 
a lot. Well, three, I think, what, two and a half or three came in I one think game, it was maybe? Three, three in one game. And a yeah, lot five of them, and a half on the season. Jeff, and a lot of them were either on like botched screen passes. Yeah. Or he went on. There wasn't a lot of one on one, man on man, whip the guy in front of you and go yeah. get the quarterback. And there just wasn't a lot of that, which is why you worried whether or not that sack total was going to be projectable to this year. And we talked about that in the offseason yeah. a little bit. So that's one part of it. The second part of it is Leonard Williams came and they basically put the same spot. Yeah. So that's going to hurt him snap-wise. And he's now the fourth interior defensive 100%. lineman instead of the, the second or third. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, he hasn't been as productive as I think as you would have liked, especially rushing the passer. He's now he's now basically a rotational player where before he was a starter. You got McIntosh in there too that they rotate those guys back yep. and forth in. So and you had Olsen Pierre earlier in the year too. Taking that's right. Some of those and snaps. but the the bottom line is that they upgraded the position. They went out and got Williams, which is an upgrade in the minds of the general manager and the head coach. So and really, when you look at B.J. Hill, um, he he's steady, but he doesn't you know he doesn't do much as far as uh, you know all pro and you know those kinds of things he's not but an explosive player he's, he's a space player he can get into, into some space but you know that's that's really and and listen the giants defense is pretty good against the run and now. by the way i will say this too i think bj hill is going to be a there's no you know, question rotational slash starting defensive lineman in this league for a real long time he there's does no a lot reason. of really good things but there's, leonard williams is a just right. a more accomplished player. And again, it's gonna we're gonna see what happens with the Leonard Williams situation after the season's over, right? I mean, he's a free agent. Um, and evidently there's been always a lot of talk about, you know, him re signing with the team. Well, we're gonna see what happens. And, you know, if he's for some reason doesn't come back here, uh, certainly BJ Hill will probably move back into that situation unless they go out and draft somebody again. But he is a he's definitely on this team in a rotational period right now that's gonna help the team. He's he's fine. He's just, you know, he's not a starter at this point. So we'll see. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. A couple more calls for you on Big Blue Kick Live. Big Big Blue Kickoff Live, which again, boy, this, this cold, man, it's killing me. Big Blue Kick em it's, Live. It's all up in my head, my the it's sinuses. Head, it's, it's, it's no good. Uh, we got two more calls. We'll take you again. You can find Big Blue Kickoff Live on uh, Giants.com, the Giants mobile app, and all your favorite podcast platforms. Jose in Orlando's up next. Hey, Jose. Hi, Jose. Hey, John and Jeff. How are you guys? Good. What's up, bud? Thanks for taking my call, John. I hope you feel better. No, I appreciate it. Thank it's you. I, you know, the funny, I actually feel fine. I just sound and like like annoying. <laughs> well, I hope that clears up. Yeah, I appreciate Talking that. Talking about clearing things I'll up. I'll make everyone sick on the train. I can because I see I got about a minute here. <laughs> yep. Um, no, you're okay. Take to, your time. Just to, to clear things up about all these calls that are calling, wishing that the team loses because I get it. They have the you yep. can get an uh, outstanding yep. player. And as a fan, I get that. But as a guy that played the game, I didn't play in the NFL. I played some college ball. And you prepare during the whole week. You don't sit in the freaking ice bath to get an L. Mm -hmm. And that's what people need to understand. When you're out there in the field, you're going to give it everything you have, no matter how bad your record is. Yeah, I'm going to throw another thing. Yeah, I want to add to that, too. It's not just spending time in the tub. You are literally putting your bodily health at risk every time you step on the football every field. Time. Every time. Every you, time. You you so can't go out there and not try to do everything you can in, in, in your in your way to win. It's, it's not like the NBA, you know. It, it's just there's a different mentality in the NFL where, you know, it's it's literally, it's so physical. It's battling play yeah. in, play out. It's just 
different. And who am I saying? That's I got the guy no, next but to me. The, you did the, it. But also the thing about it, you're not going to go on that field and try to lose for a, for your team that you may not even know that you're going to be on that team next year. That's a good point. That wasn't exactly. make sense. So that's why a lot of players start playing, try to play really well because they don't know if they're going to be picked up. On exactly. Teams. And that's, that's what we said earlier. Yes, absolutely. So you're auditioning. The last thing I wanted to say is, you know, as, as a former player, that's my mentality. As a Giants fan, if, if we're to lose, I'll be heartbroken, but I'm like, okay, we have a chance to get a phenomenal player. But you know what? Whether if we do ch- have a chance to pick two or three, Chase Young or Thomas, I think it's a win-win because, honestly, if we do get Chase Young, that's going to help our secondary because there's nothing that helps a secondary like a really good pass rush. And if we get Thomas, that's going to help our quarterback and our running back. There's nothing like a, a road-grading a uh, good lineman that can give your, your quarterback more time. So I see it as a win-win on both sides. We'll just let it play out and see what happens. Yeah. There's still value in the top five picks in the National Football There's League. There's value anyways. everywhere in the top, in the draft. I mean, <laughs> totally I mean like we talked about it before. You can yeah, get just a good because you anywhere. can't get the guy you want, you can't have your cake and eat it too, right? Like, I, we have two games left. The Giants need to lose both of them. They have to. Lose now. We're going to put them right down so we can get Chase Young. And again, this is not, and again, I'll make the comparison again. I know a lot of fans come back, hey, John, you always say you want the Knicks to have, you know, get the best draft pick. Yeah, well, the NBA is different. Huh. You'll maybe have one. Yeah, you'll maybe. Well, I'm to trust me. I know. You'll you'll maybe have one generational player come out every couple NBA drafts, and after the first couple players, you're looking at like role players a lot of the time. The NFL draft is different. JJ Watt was picked tenth. Tyron Smith was picked eleventh. Even a guy like Julio Jones, they traded up for him. He wasn't picked till third or fourth in the draft. So you know, yeah. there's just a, there isn't much of a difference between say picking second in the NFL draft. And picking fifth in the NBA, well, the difference you, between picking first and, and fourth and is like I'll, miles. I'll leave you with this, John. Yeah. One thing that they did say about this kid Chase Young is that they're saying that he has the ability and this ability. He basically, they 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 graded him higher than both of the both. Oh, I know, dude. Trust me, I know, dude. The, the people have told me he's <laughs> the best pass rusher they've seen in ten or fifteen years, and we all seen how good Nick, but and we all seen how good Nick Bosa has been. If he's better than that kid. He's going to be a hell of a player. I am not trying to downplay how good Chase Young looks. Yeah, but I again, you don't know. Wearing blue red, fellas. All right. Thank <laughs> yeah. you guys for taking I, my call. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for calling. You know, and it would be it would be really nice to have a guy like that on the team just to be just to get back to that to that, way, to that to that that giant football of rushing the passer and really getting it disruptive. And let me ask you something. I'm going to throw this out there too. There's probably people probably get people mad at me, which I don't care. Fun. I like people mad at me. It's fun. Did anyone think Josh Allen was going to be there at six last year? Mm. We talked for four damn months about that draft. Did anyone think Josh Allen was going to be there at six? Nope. Nope. He anyone. Was going number three. Did anyone think Leonard Williams was going to be there at five, four years ago when the Jets drafted him? No. They did not. So, guys, what happens if a team falls in love with Tua, his hip checks out by April, he looks like he's recovering, and they're like, well, we got to have this guy. And whatever team's picking second, trade up. Maybe they need the quarterback one, in which case they select Tua. Who knows if it's Miami? Well, you know, if the Bengals pick first and they pick Burrow, who, who knows? Miami doesn't just take Tua second. You can get Chase Young third. Yeah, I mean, it's not. Im- or somebody wants to come up and get it. No, it's not impossible. Yeah, or maybe someone then trades up to get the quarterback. You drop down two. one and get three picks somewhere or whatever. It could go a million different ways. Yeah. So there's just. You know what? You know, God forbid, Chase Young's got football games left to play. And by the way, that means that has it had, we're talking about all that stuff has no bearing on other than the draft pick to, 
Sunday's right. game. Exactly. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't at all. <laughs> the guys that are playing is not thinking no. about if a guy's going to trade up for the draft or they're going to do this. They don't care. And, they, and, they've been, and trust me, the media's been peppering these guys with questions. They all kind of just roll their eyes. They're like, no, guys, we don't, we don't, we don't care about that. Stuff. And it's we just don't talk about it. We it's just, no. just it's conversation. Well, like you said, half these guys aren't going to be here anyway. No, so why should I mean, they give a damn? Yeah, you look at the turnover on these teams every year, and I'm not going to go out and try to lose for a team to get their draft pick if I'm going <laughs> to lose my job. Yeah, or look worse on film the next week. Yeah. All right, Mike in Queens. He'll wrap us up hey mike hey mike hey how you guys doing good, good. sounds like you're in traffic where you at oh <laughs> uh, uh, hold on hold on hold on how's that better? oh that's better. much yeah. better mike yeah. what's up yeah and nothing um yeah i was just saw uh, two quick questions uh, yeah uh i understand you know like what you were saying with the draft everybody wants to lose and stuff my philosophy on the draft you know it doesn't matter where you pick because you never know. The team could move up, make some trades, and we could go, say, we get the fifth pick or the sixth pick. All of a sudden, we got the first pick. Hey, and by you the know. way, I'm going to throw this out there too, Mike. If I'm sitting there at two and Chase Young's there, but some team calls me because they want Young or a quarterback, and they offer me like three first-round picks, I don't oh. care who it is. I'm getting the hell out of that spot. So, cool, whatever. It's all good. Yeah, I got three exactly. number ones. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Exactly. And, uh, and another thing I was saying, um, I was – you know, wondering just, you know, what, what would you guys rather have, a top offensive lineman or a top uh, edge rusher? Because me personally, I feel like if we get another – I like what Marcus Golden is doing, but if we get another top uh, pass rusher, it doesn't have to be Chase Young. To anybody that's real disruptive on the edge that could complement Golden and then have uh, the X-Man rotate and we can have a good rotation and try to get back to that NASCAR package we had back in the day. I think our corners now, they're young, but – if we get a good pass rush to disrupt and make the quarterback throw the ball quicker, puts the corners in less coverage, less time to cover, and we could get back to that defense that we had. What do you guys think about that? Jeff, you go first. Well, listen, I'm going to put it this way for you, okay? So, um, to me, the offensive lineman is not the sexy pick, right? I mean, but your offensive lineman, a good number one offensive lineman, can play 10 years in this league easily if he stays healthy which will help the maturation of your quarterback, right? I feel like and also help the running back you and helps the running so I think you ago. get more value and longevity and just more things that will help you whereas the defensive end like Chase Young will be the sexy pick. He's going to get those sacks and he's going to force fumbles, but I just feel like at one point in time are you going to be able to sign him in 4 years when he leaves or 5 years at that point? You know what I mean? So I think I'm I'm going with the offensive line. That's just the way that I'm going to go with. Jeff, I agree okay. with you, and I, and I thought and I appreciate the call, Mike. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thank and, you, Mike. And and I thought you were going to go the other way, to be honest with you. But I've seen really good pass rushers on bad teams and even bad defenses. How good is Chandler Jones? How good is Chandler Jones? Really good. How bad has the Cardinals' defense been the last couple of years? Really bad. No, seriously. Like they've been terrible. Yeah. Really bad. And just, that's with Chandler Jones there, who's a freaking monster. Yeah. And, and, and by and the way, it doesn't if, help much. And by the way, if Chase Young ends up being as good as Chandler Jones, where do I sign? Yeah. Where do I, I sign? Well, yeah. So or if he's going to be better than the two Bosa's, where do I sign? Right. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's my point. They're still not very good. You know, you went perfect example. How good of a year is uh, Shaquille Griffin having in Tampa Bay? Pretty good. How bad is the Tampa Bay defense? Pretty bad. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So it helps. I'm not saying it doesn't. And is it important? Certainly. But when you look at an offensive line, it's very hard for a team to have a really good offensive line and have a really bad offense. 
If you have a really good offensive line you can do a and you have a decent quarterback, not even a good quarterback, a decent quarterback, and a re- you, are gonna, you are going to be a good football team on offense. Yeah. You just are. And look, I know it's only one out of the five, but you have to start somewhere. Yeah. And you already drafted Will Hernandez. Um, you traded for Kevin Zeitler. Keep building it. It took Dallas three or four years to build up that group. Yeah. And it was three first-round picks. You know, I'm not saying you have to spend three first-round picks to get there. That's not my point. But I feel like the dominant offensive line will impact more parts of your overall game than the dominant pass rusher will. And I feel you have to do it. You really do. You have to do that. How many teams are really good with bad offensive lines? Oh, listen, I mean, if they're if they're if they're no, they're, most teams are decent. I, I mean, mean, or they at least are middle of the pack. The which pa- is the Patriots have managed this, this year, but that's because Tom Brady gets the ball out in like two point two seconds. And by the way, their offense isn't even that good this year. First yeah, of all, and they have a good running back. And Russell Wilson's a freak show again behind oh, a poor Seattle. offensive yeah. line in Seattle. Yeah. But other than that, you you kind of have to have a good offensive yeah. line, don't you? Well, you also know this: no matter what, who it is, you know that in this league, you have to have a quarterback. Okay, and if you don't have a line to support that quarterback, you're done. You're toast. I don't care how right. good you are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a little bit, like I said, it, it, I'm going to give you a golf tournament here. It's like when you have to replace the irrigation system in your golf course, it's underground, right? You don't really, you don't see the ramifications because you don't see it. But the offensive line, the first round pick, you're going to see that over time. At first, you're kind of like, oh, God, we could have got to his young. I'll take the, 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 give me the franchise left tackle in a second over the defensive rusher guy. No, again, that's assuming everything's equal in terms of the quality of the player and things like that. Of course, that. yeah. But, but yeah, if I have two I'm guys sitting there and they're pretty, they're they're on my grade board, they are exactly alike, I'm going to go for the offensive lineman. Me too. So. What do you think Detino would say to that? Because Detino, he's all about the trenches, which is both sides of the ball. Now, he loves the offensive line, but he also is fairly obsessed with the history of Giants rushing the pass. You know, Jeff, um, I would say that yeah, I would have to go for the defensive lineman because the Giants have always built their pride on their pass rush. That's what he would say. He would go defense. You think he'd go defense? I do. I'll text him after and see what he says. Yeah, I'm curious what, what you, he would say. You, what do you think? I think he would go pass rusher too. Yeah. I mean, I, if he goes offensive line, then he's smart because that's what we think. Well, we'll do it. that's why he's probably going to go pass rusher though. But I'm not going to tell him that. I'll ask him first. <laughs> see what he says. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Yeah, you're welcome. Happy Friday, everybody. Thanks and, to Pearson uh, as well. Thank well, you to the callers. And Jeff's not going to see you until after the holidays. Yeah, so. yeah, Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy holidays. And uh, stay safe. And uh, spend as much time as with you as your with your family as you can. Yes. All good. That's, that, that's really the most important thing. If you want to see more of Jeff Eagles before the holidays, because nothing says Christmas Sunday. like Jeff Eagles, check out our pregame show on Sunday. Yes. It starts at 1130. You guys will be at... We'll be at 80 River uh, 80 Road. River. Thank you. 80 River. Is in it Hoboken. Is it River Street or River Road? Uh, River. Whatever. 80 River. River Avenue, There's I think, a, actually, it's, right? It's just down by the path in the Hoboken train station on 80 River. That's, what, that's what you call top-notch promotion. That there, is folks. it. Jeff's we will all, be there. Jeff's all over it. Uh, him in. and Lance Middle will be there at 1130. Make yep. sure you check it out. Um, and I'll be on the pregame show as well. I'll be live in the locker room in Washington, D.C. Paul Dottino will be with us as well over the course of the game. And then I'll be back on Monday with Lance. To recap, Giants and Redskins, the Giants try to win their second straight. For Jeff Eagles, I'm John Schmelk. We will see you tomorrow on Giants.com, everybody. Adios.